What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football home over at fakepigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. Uh, with me again, once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? Hey, Kyle. I can't wait to get this preseason week one, full week one underway here. Talk about some running backs today. Yeah, we got, uh, obviously, with the Hall of Fame games in the, officially in the books, uh, we got more preseason in week one, getting to see a bunch of teams get out there, run around a little bit. Um, it's, you know, constant build, constant, um, you know, progression towards the start of the season. It's really, we were, you know, kind of joking to the, some of the camp nonsense has come out, uh, but we'll we'll jump into that. Like you mentioned, we're going to talk running backs, and no better person to do that than Jared Smola. Uh, you read his work over at Draft Sharks. You listen to the Draft Sharks podcast, or at least you should be. Uh, what's up, Jared? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back on. It's a fun time of year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we're doing good. Um, just yeah, like I said, we're we've been going through this this camp nonsense, but um, I wanted to bring you on. I want to talk running backs. And obviously, um, you know, if you look at ADP running backs are dominating the uh, first, first couple of rounds, I think, you know, 13 of 24 picks, the first seven, eight, nine picks, depending on what league your style you're in. Um, Jared, let's, let's run through a few of these names. And I want to get your kind of, your, your opinion and, and where you're at with them. And let's start with Ezekiel Elliott, um, who is still in Dallas, not in Oxnard, where the Cowboys have training camp. Reportedly, he doesn't want to play unless he has a new contract. Um, have you adjusted Zeke in your rankings yet as you head into draft season? I have. Um, I think you have to because you have to admit there's at least some chance that he misses games. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm We're all just guessing. I'd put it at, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like t- – like 10% that he misses sometime. Um, so I, I actually had Zeke as my number one running back before this whole holdout and contract stuff started. Um, I have him down to number four now, um, you know, behind Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara. Um, and, and, and I still have Zeke fourth overall. So, you know, I actually have been getting him in some drafts because he's dropping even later than that in some of the drafts I've done. Yeah. And I, I and honestly, like I'm, if I have three, four five, like I'm so happy to get him there. Um, cause like you, he, he was my number one player before all this stuff. Um, and if you're looking, I think the, the top four, you know, Camara, Barkley, uh, Zeke and, um, Christian McCaffrey, you know, in some order were kind of everybody's top four. So if this is the reason why you move them a little bit, I totally get it. Um, but I still think I like him and I still like for, for, if it wasn't the Cowboys and it wasn't Jerry Jones and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I'd feel as comfortable, but like, I feel like Jerry's, you know, obviously willing to draft Zeke early. Um, and I, I feel like they're not going to be afraid to pay him either. And Brian, as our resident Cowboys fan, where are you at with the Zeke saga? Um, do you think Jerry's going to, you know, I, I guess what's your concern level? Um, and, and do you expect to see Zeke one, week one? Uh, I mean, I I totally expect to see Zeke in there week one, but I can also see this as being a similar situation that happened with Emmett back in the early 90s where Jerry just took a hard-ass stance and told him, we're not going to pay you. And then the team started out 0-2 or 0-3, whatever it was, and then he realized that, hey, we need our, our superstar running back. So if he does miss games, I think it would depend on how they're, how they're performing on the field in the win-loss column. But I – I don't see him really missing because Jerry has softened over the years and he, he Zeke's going to get his money. 
And he, he's yeah. also been treated really well by the Cowboys, so I don't see why he would try to stick it to them in this way. Yeah. Jared, if he if we sign out tomorrow that he signed a contract and he's going to be there, does he automatically go back to number one for you? Yeah, he does. I, if he reports any time before you know September one, I'd say he's my number one running back. And even if it's you know early September, he might move back up there. You know, we we <laughs> saw we saw Zeke miss those uh, six games on suspension um, back in 2017, and yep. you know he he came back and was his normal dominant self. So I, I trust him to be staying in shape, ready to go, where as soon as he signs, yeah. I think, you know, he's he's back to the workhorse there. For sure. And, I, I and you know, if they're going to miss time, I'd rather have them, you know, miss because the, of a contract where they could still keep working out and be where they need to be rather than, oh, it's a hamstring where he's just going to be sitting and not doing a whole heck of a lot. And then it takes them a little longer to get back in. And then, you know, maybe a little, they're pushing themselves a little too much and then they pop it again. So, um, you know, if, if they are going to be missing time, this is a good time to be missing and um, a good reason. It, Jared, is there anybody in Dallas where if I tell you Zeke's not going to report for the first two, first three weeks that you're taking late shots on as guys who could potentially start for you week one, week two, week three? Yeah, Tony Pollard, their rookie out of Memphis, is definitely the most exciting guy. I mean, he, he put up massive numbers at Memphis, obviously playing behind Daryl Henderson, but you know, 6.8 mm-hmm. yards per carry, uh, 12.4 yards per catch on 104 catches. That's the exciting part. Um, you know, Stephen Jones comped Tony Pollard to Alvin Kamara shortly after drafting mm-hmm. him. So, you know, I, I don't think Dallas sees Pollard as, you know, a workhorse ball carrier, but, but I do think you need someone who, you know, if Zeke, misses games you could see Pollard get I don't know six to ten carries and then you know three to five targets per game and that would definitely make him an exciting fantasy option yeah and and maybe you know not necessarily for fantasy uh in like redraft but uh DFS purposes could be really interesting obviously we've seen Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden have success in this offense so um it's definitely a lot to like there um let's go to what another guy holding out another guy waiting for a contract um, and let's talk about, uh, let's talk about old Melvin Gordon. Um, Jared, I guess, it, you know, if we're, if we're moving Zeke down, um, are you, are you more, uh, cautious with, with Melvin Gordon? Do you, are you a little more optimistic? Where are you at with him? I'm less optimistic about Gordon. It seems to me that there's a, a better chance Gordon misses games. Now that said, I'd, I'd still put it at less than 50% that he ends up, you know, holding out into week one, but I definitely think he's more likely to do that than Zeke. Um, you know, I, I, I think the chargers are probably less willing to pay Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're better set up at running back behind him with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson than the Cowboys are, I think. Yeah, no, I, uh, I totally agree. Um, and, and for me, Melvin Gordon ending up elsewhere, I think is a higher likelihood than, than him missing time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, this organization has shown the ability and the willingness to not pay people and to let people sit out. Um, but he does have that whole, he has to play at least part of the season in order to get his fifth year of eligibility basically performed so he can be a free agent next year. So it's really, um, you know, it'll really benefit him to play this season. It'll be interesting to see if it is with, uh, LA and not, uh, with another team, um, Brian, for you, is it, are you on are you on board that that Melvin Gordon is a lot more worrisome than than Zeke, um, at least potentially missing time? <laughs> Jared took the words right out of my mouth, pretty much with everything that he said. 
And uh, it really has a lot to do with, as a native San Diegan, I've seen the ups and downs of the Chargers organization and seen the way the Spanos family likes to operate. And they just do not pay people. So I don't see them wavering at all on their like numbers when it comes to what he's demanding. And like uh, Jared also said, they're, they're pretty set up with a guy like Eckler behind him who, I mean, himself was averaging over five yards a carry in, in the stead of Gordon. So I, I don't think that they're in any worse a spot with or without him minus his ability at the goal line. So I, I really don't see uh, Gordon as being somebody that I'd be targeting in, in his current ADP as running back eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did that mock on Friday and he went in the back end of the second round. And I thought that was an interesting spot. Um, Jared, if I told you that Melvin Gordon got traded, um, like what's your ideal landing spot? But, you know, I know Buffalo, I know Houston, both those teams have been thrown around. Is there another team you think would make a lot of sense if Melvin Gordon ends up elsewhere? Uh, not Buffalo for me. I, I just I don't really want anything to do with that offense. Um, Houston would be interesting, good offense. I would wonder if Lamar Miller would stay involved a bit. I think Tampa Bay, though, to me. I mean, yeah. I think if Gordon lands there, he obviously is you know immediately the best running back in the backfield, and that's you know an offense that you know could easily be a top ten unit this season. So he'd have plenty of touchdown upside. Yeah, no, I like that call quite a bit. Even though I am a I'm optimistic about hard. I'm I'm optimistic <laughs> about Ronald Jones in in year two, but um, yeah, yes. for 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 them that would make a ton of sense. Um, and and if Melvin Gordon is elsewhere, Jared, are you Justin Jackson? Are you Austin Eckler? Are you interested in both? I'm interested in both. Um, I think Eckler should be going earlier in drafts. I think he's going to be the better bet. You know, we we got three games last season without Melvin Gordon and with, you know, Eckler and Jackson both playing in those games, uh, Eckler outsnapped Jackson 130 to 40. Uh, the carries were 40 to 17 in favor of Eckler. The targets were 20 to four in favor of Eckler. And Eckler mm. also averaged more yards per carry, more yards per catch than Justin Jackson. He was better in pro football focuses, elusive rating. Uh, he averaged more yards per outrun. So I think both guys would be involved, but you know, I think it'd be something like a, you know, 60, 40 split, maybe a 70, 30 split in favor of Eckler. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm with you, like, in, especially in like that, at the time, um, Eckler was way more involved. I do wonder after what we saw from Justin Jackson down the stretch, if it might be a little bit closer. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eckler was incredible and obviously was explosive. And actually, I think he would benefit from not getting, a, you know, a tremendous amount of touches. He's super explosive. Right. He can, you know, and it would allow him to to, to kind of handle the, the contact in the workload a little bit better. Um, let's stay in LA and let's talk about the Todd Gurley situation. Um, Jared, I believe, you know, obviously it's a little bit different just cause it's not a contract holdout. It's a guy that we basically saw go away, um, at the end of the year, we saw glimpses of him in the playoffs, but was nowhere near the guy that, uh, we, we thought we, you know, that was the fantasy, you know, monster all season long. Um, what are you doing with Gurley in drafts? Um, and, and like, I guess, yeah. W- what are you doing with Gurley? Yeah, I'm not afraid to take him if he gets into the range where, you know, he's my top guy available. And that tends to be like in the middle of round two. I think I have him like 10th in my running back rankings right now. And he's obviously, there's some risk there, but I, I'm, I, I tend to be more willing to gamble in fantasy drafts mm-hmm. than, than most other people. So, I mean, and I still think Gurley, 
his upside still extends to the top of the position. And even if you, you know, take away 25% of what he produced last year, we're still talking about, you know, a top six or seven running back. So yeah, for me, like middle of the second round is where he starts to kind of get on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. And honestly, like if I'm, if I grab one of those big four receivers or I grab Travis Kelsey, I think I'm even okay with him as my, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm picking like 11 and 13 or, or I guess 11 to 14, like I'd be fine with him as my RB one. And then, and then taking some shots kind of as the draft rolls along, um, Brian, you know, I, I do. And I, I want to kind of get you guys' thoughts on this kind of in general, but, um, there's, you know, the Darrell Henderson, you know, we were a little more optimistic, I think uh, a few pods ago, and now it sounds like he's RB five on the depth chart. And, um, you know, Malcolm Brown, I think is interesting. Obviously, I don't know what I want to read too much into like the preseason depth chart stuff, but um, you know, are, if I guess what, if you own Gurley, you know, do you feel compelled to draft a handcuff? Um, are you concerned that where, where Henderson's going, are you a little more interested in Malcolm Brown? Like where, where's your head at with this backfield? Honestly, if, if I was a girly, a girly owner, once again, um, I probably would just avoid the guys behind him just with the current uncertainty with who would be carrying mm-hmm. the load. And they, they've shown they're willing to give old man CJ Anderson, who is, they literally picked him out of the trash heap to come in and lead their rushing attack. Like who knows they, if they go out and they snag some cut veteran. Mm-hmm. McCoy. During the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, Frank Gore, if he uh, doesn't make it up there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I would, I'd much rather take handcuffs for other people's guys than than handcuff myself with a yeah. guy who may or may not take over a job. So, yeah, no. If if I take Gurley, I'm just gonna ride Gurley until the knees blow out. No, I like that call quite a bit, uh, Jared. If um, you know, I guess how much do you take stock in these? preseason early season draft depth charts that come out of camp and um you know what beat between between what beat reporters are saying and the unofficial depth chart that the teams release like are do you do you adjust your rankings very much based upon these the the depth charts at this point you know of early august mean absolutely nothing to me especially when we're talking about a you know we're talking about a rookie running back we, we see teams just you know stick those guys at the bottom of the depth chart to, to open uh, you know, August and training camp, the, the beat writer observations, I do pay attention to those, put some stock into those. Just, I want to know who's running with the first team offense. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if this guy busts a big play or, you know, breaks a tackle or whatever, but I, I want to see who's getting the snaps with the starters. Totally, totally agree. And um, it, it really feels like the coaches will be like, Oh, I want to, I want to motivate this guy. So I'm going to make him fourth on the depth chart. And you know, this will really show him how to, how to practice hard. He's not going to practice hard unless I do that. Uh, but yeah, no, like your, your point about the, the snaps. And I think that's the interesting thing. Like we were kind of talking about Buffalo um, a little bit before the pod and, you know, everything like McCoy's like, oh, yeah, I've been told I'm the guy. But then all the camp reporters are saying how Devin Singletary is getting a lot of work with the first team. And I actually live in Rochester where the Bills camp is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went to camp last week. Um, so, so some interesting stuff, you know, um, Frank Gore wasn't practicing that day, but uh, McCoy and Singletary were splitting the first team snaps right down the middle. 
Um, Singletary was getting split out wide a lot and pretty active in the passing game. So I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, that's incredibly interesting. Um, any read on the receivers uh, when you were at camp? I, I know there's a lot of like John yeah. Brown buzz. Uh, Robert Foster was a guy we were interested in last year. Um, w- what are you doing with the receivers there? Right. So um, it, it was clearly Brown, Zay Jones, and Cole Beasley as the, the top three re- receivers with the first team. Robert Foster did mix in some with Josh Allen, but, but I thought it was pretty clear that, um, you know, Foster's fourth on this step chart right now. Yeah, I think that's, I think, and I think those are the kind of nuggets that are really important as you're kind of building your, your rankings, you're building your guys you want to target late in drafts, that kind of stuff. Um, let's head down to Jacksonville and let's talk about Leonard Fournette, a guy I can just never get on board with. And um, obviously in terms of talent uh, has a lot, but misses time, but, and and it was a healthy scratch, I think, at one point last year. Um, are, are you still in on Fournette at his price, Jared? He, he's definitely, you know, he's he's on my draft board, I'll say, um, because it's, it's really just durability. You know, that's that's a thing with him. And we all know he hasn't really been to stay healthy for any prolonged stretch in the NFL. But I, I think he's when he's on the field this season, he's going to be one of the better volume bets mm-hmm. at running back this year. And, you know, that kind of trumps everything. Um, the, I, I will say that they're. Reason I haven't drafted much Fournette so far is because I do prefer guys like Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, even Devontae Freeman. Yep. If I'm looking running back in the third round, so I've sort of just been taking those guys um, ahead of Fournette. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big things for me too. Is like that little range you just mentioned. I'd much rather have all those guys. I think I'd even rather have Marlon Mack. Um, all those guys are going to be, should be in better offenses. Um, I know we can be a little more optimistic about what Nick Foles can be in this offense. Um, but if he's better than what Blake Bortles was, maybe that not, that's a knock on volume. And, um, I don't know. I'm just like, every time I, I want to get excited about Fournette, I just, I can't do it. And, and I am, I'm happy you're, uh, you're coming around a little more to my side of the, the equation. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned you mentioned you know, but them potentially passing more this season. They they hired uh, John D. Filippo as offensive coordinator, and you know he of course was in Minnesota last year and had them you know near the top of the league in pass rate. So I'm interested to see because the Jags have been so run heavy for the past few years. I do think we're going to see them throw it a bit more this year. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm with you there, and I I, I know there you know that's another situation we kind of talked Buffalo where there's so many guys there i don't know if there's anyone i'm really excited about obviously marquise lee is interesting maybe dj chark um brian what's your read on jacksonville's kind of offense and um is there any like receivers down there that you're you're particularly interested in well first i just want to reference Fournette, and i want to comment that i you guys may be reading my notes because <laughs> everything of you said were literally like to the t as far as like passing on Fournette for guys like Aaron Jones, Devonta Freeman, I even added in uh, Jacobs in Oakland there. And then the one thing about the Jags offense this season with Foles over Bortles is I'm interested to see with the increase in passing if that'll alleviate some of the some of the hits and some of the uh, like injury mm-hmm. issues that Fournette had by by limiting some of his carries and really using him down in the red zone more often rather than from 20 to 20. So we could see a huge touchdown season out of him, just not as many carries in the middle of the field. So I, I actually kind of like him at his current value. So uh, the offense overall, the wide receivers, I've never been big on any of them. I 
being from Southern California, Marquis Lee was garbage. He's just a burner. I don't really see him as being. Uh, he, he's not my kind of wide receiver. But so I don't know. I guess I kind of like Fournette a little more than others, just based on the possibility of uh, being able to limit his carries a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there there's a non-zero chance that he just puts together a healthy season and he's in that mm-hmm. top five, top ten conversation, but. I just the the other names around there are so much more appealing to me. And if I go wide receiver, wide receiver, like I'd, I'll take carry on. I'll take Aaron Jones. And I'll be much, much happier. Um, Jared, what's your read on the Denver situation? I'm a, I'm a big Philip Lindsay guy and, you know, he got knocked down a little bit and now there's a lot of Royce Freeman buzz and there's kind of a, you know, they hired the guy from Atlanta. So they're saying, Oh, this might be a Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman type situation. Um, you know, what's your, I guess, what's your read? And then how does that Theo Riddick signing kind of impact what you originally thought of this backfield? Yeah, I'm not interested in either guy really at their price tags. Like, you know, Philip Lindsay is going in the fifth round and drafts over the last week. Um, Bryce Freeman's down in the eighth round. I mean, Lindsay was obviously awesome as a rookie last year. Um, I I do think he's in for some regression though. He's not going to average 5.4 yards per carry again. Um, Lindsay actually wasn't that good in some of the um, pro football focus (laughs) metrics, like, uh, you know, yards after contact per attempt, missed tackles forced per attempt. He was actually outside the top 20 running backs um, in in those metrics. Uh, And and Royce Freeman Freeman was actually better than Philip Lindsay Mm -hmm. in missed tackles forced per attempt. Um, Yeah, I, I... I think Theoretic is going to just step into the role Devontae Booker played last season. So I, I think Philip Lindsay's passing game role, you know, at least what he did last year, is safe. Um, but again, the, the fifth round price tag is just a bit too expensive for me. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, you know, it really depends, I think, as a drafter, what, what you're kind of how, how you set up. Because I feel like for you especially, I think you, you tend to lean running back earlier. So grabbing another yep. another running back in the fifth round just doesn't you know make a lot of sense in terms of roster construction. Where I like to I like to go receiver receiver or receiver receiver receiver, um, and and if I can get you know him as my RB one or RB two, I I don't hate it as a, you know if I'm really being patient at running back. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I definitely do like um, getting those workhorse backs mm. early. Um, but if I'm looking at running back in that range, I do prefer uh, Chris Carson and Mark Ingram over Philip Lindsay. Ooh, um, yeah, I t- I I take <laughs> Lindsay over both those guys. Uh, I'm also I'm a little more bullish on Rashad Penny. I know we we had a little conversation, and and you think there's definitely room for both of them to be fantasy relevant. And I'm probably too low on Chris Carson. I don't. I'm not really sure why I liked him when he when he had his breakout, but um, I'm I'm a big Rashad Penny guy. Um, Jared, beyond these the names we've kind of mentioned, is there anybody you know even in that kind of first second round conversation? Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, uh, Jared uh, or uh, James Conner, like any of those guys you're mm-hmm. particularly excited about for this season? I mean, I've, I've drafted all those guys in different spots. Um, you know, Mixon is my favorite when it just comes to pure talent. Um, there's obviously some concerns with the A.J. Green injury. Mm-hmm. They've already lost a couple O-linemen yep. uh, th- this summer. But, I mean, Mixon finished as a top-ten running back last year, and, you know, that was with 
AJ Green missing what uh, seven games, I think it was. Andy Dalton missed five games last year. The O line wasn't great, so I, you know, I, I think Mixon is good enough to produce. You know, in spite of the issues around him. Yeah, no, I'm I and I I came around a lot on him. I was not a fan, and um, <laughs> I've I've come and I'm now I'm drinking that Kool Aid for sure. Um, you know, and as your point, you know, they there was a ton of issues and injuries and problems last year with that offense, and um, he was still able to produce. Um, and, and be a really effective runner. So I guess um, the the uh, maybe concern, some concerns or some pessimism uh, may pr- produce a, a better draft day price, and I'm I'm all for it. Uh, uh, Brian, what about you? Is there anybody in that kind of names? The few names that I mentioned that besides Joe Mixon that you're particularly excited about? Well, I'll start with I I also really like Joe Mixon <laughs> and see his situation similar to Saquon's as but with better talent around him um but going away from him i really like dalvin cook this year to potentially have a top 10 top five season with trying to take some heat off of Kirk cousins down there in minnesota no more latavius murray eating into some of the work i know people are really high on madison but dalvin cook showed that he could be one of the most explosive backs in the nfl both carrying and uh receiving out of the backfield so I, I think Dalvin Cook could be one of those guys that sneaks from outside the top 10 into the top five territory yeah. this year. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely in that conversation. He's another guy that, if he stays healthy for all 16 games, can absolutely put together uh, an incredible season. I'm really curious to see him in the passing game. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he could be a, a really useful um, and, and you know dominant fantasy performer for sure. Um, I'm on team James Conner this year. And actually, if I'm not taking one of those top four, he's very tempting as my fifth overall pick. Um, I, I, I just, so I just, the way I, I know there's a lot of Jalen Samuels buzz. Um, and I, I, I just, the way I've seen this offense roll the past few years, even when D'Angelo Williams was the guy, even when Connor was the guy, they tend to give their running back so much volume that you know when it's when we're talking numbers and production uh, i think there's a lot to like jared are, are you not as optimistic as i uh not, not quite as optimistic ma'am i i like david johnson over yeah um uh, james connor I'd, I'd probably take mixon over connor too but I, again i like connor i'll take him anywhere in the back half of round one anywhere in round two um yeah like you said the steelers have produced a top six ppr running back in five straight seasons now that includes connor Whoa. last year obviously um, it, there was a great article in the athletic. I think it was from Mark Cavalier, um, talking about Jalen Samuels and how, how good he's been in the passing game and training camp so far. And sort of the Steelers plans for him, but the, 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 the take from the article that I got was that Samuels is more going to, you know, kind of soak up what Antonio Brown's mm-hmm. leaving behind. You know, the article talked about how the Steelers have been splitting him out wide and using him in that way, even with James Conner on the field. So I'm not sure Samuels is that big of a threat to Conner's workload. I still think you're going to see Conner get the bulk of the back uh, of the uh, backfield. Yeah, work. I think he's going to be. I I kind of envision him as how Delaney Walker was in San Francisco, where they lined him up at fullback, they lined him up at tight end, they split him out a little bit. Um, they they find unique ways to get him the ball. I I don't think he's going to be cutting into James Conner's carries and I don't I don't think this is going to be an offense that all of a sudden doesn't throw at a ton uh, because because Antonio Brown's gone so like I still think this is going to look very similar to the Steelers offense we've seen year over year um, bef- 
before we get out of here, I do want to head down to Miami. Uh, I know there is some questions about who may be under center and what that offense may look like. Um, but I know Kenyon Drake got a lot of buzz. Now, Kalen Balazs is kind of getting sneaky upside pick buzz and was a guy that people were kind of excited about last year, maybe taking this role. Um, Jared, are you touching the the Miami backfield? And if so, what like where are you putting your chips? <laughs> I mean, I probably shouldn't be touching it because they're going to be a bad football mm-hmm. team. But I, I'm actually sort of interested in both those guys at their ADPs right now. I mean, Kenny and Drake yep. is dropping into like the sixth round now. Um, and you know, I, I was hoping earlier this offseason that we'd finally get, you know, 15 or so touches per game out of Kenny and Drake. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. You know, we've heard all the talk about Balaj getting the first team reps over Drake. Um, they're listed as co-starters mm-hmm. on the Dolphins' first depth chart. So I, I'm sort of buying into the committee uh, backfield in Miami. But Kenny and Drake saw just 173 touches last year, and he still finished as running back 14 in PPR. So, you know, he doesn't need a ton of work. If he can get 175, 200 touches again this season, I think he can pay off where his ADP is right now. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's definitely interesting. It's funny that, um, you know, no matter who's coaching Miami, it seems like they can't really commit to one guy. It's always, you know, he kind of feels like how Lamar Miller was. And it's just like, give him more touches, give him more touches. Um, and, and it never really came to fruition. And, you know, I guess for me, it, it really seems like no matter where, what backfield you look at, unless you're looking at like the three or four guys going in the top uh, of fantasy drafts, there, there's going to be some sort of committee. And I think we have to know that it, it's not about getting 100%, but it's about getting really quality of the 60% or 70% or whatever percent of the touches um, when we're evaluating these guys. And I think athleticism and talent is, is becoming more important than, you know, just getting 350 carries, even if you're only getting, you know, four yards a carry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's very few three down workhorse backs anymore. We want, and we're looking at committees. I think we want guys who are going to catch mm-hmm. the ball and guys who are going to get the ball around the goal line. Totally, totally agree. Um, all right, Brian, any other running backs we want to want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, I mean, I could talk up Devontae Freeman all day as really not having any competition down, down there in the South anymore, but, uh, people are pretty aware that Tevin Coleman's gone and Edo Smith has fallen out of favor, it seems. So I, I feel like that backfield is back to being his full time with very, with very limited touches being taken away. Yeah. I feel like on a lot of the teams that I'm waiting at running back, like he's going to be a guy that I end up with is my RB one. And I'm going to be pretty happy to have him. Um, you know, he's going as especially in that 37 offense. overall RB 19 in um, in half point scoring per fantasy pros. Like, give me that value all day. Um, Jared, one more. Nick Chubb. He's going above Dalvin Cook. Um, he's going above. Oh, Damian Williams, another guy that I think is really interesting. <laughs> was a guy that was, you know, people were saying, oh, this guy, you know, is trying to vault him up into that top 10 among running backs. Now he's falling off and they're talking about Carlos Hyde. But um, in in Cleveland, where there's so much firepower, um, I, I feel like Nick Chubb's going to be a guy that like is going to have so many opportunities, even with that offense, even with Odell and Jarvis Landry and and Njoku, is he a guy you're excited about? 
I'm actually fading Nick Chubb at cost, um, which is scary because, yeah, like you said, the offense is awesome. I mean, there's a chance Chubb scores 15 mm-hmm. touchdowns this season. And and I think Nick Chubb is an awesome player. So he, I hate that I'm fading him, but I, I just can't take him where he's going ahead of a guy like Dalvin Cook, just yeah. for example. Um, the concerns for Chubb are the pass catching upside. I mean, he, you know, he didn't do a ton of it last year, and Duke Johnson's still there. And then there's Kareem yeah. Hunt. I mean, he, he, you know, he's going to be back in the second half of the season. And even if he's getting – five, six, seven carries a game. That's a pretty big dent in Chubb's mm-hmm. upside. Yeah, and I, I that is like kind of something looming. Like if you draft Nick Chubb, it may be great for the first seven, eight weeks. Um, but I feel like if if mm-hmm. you draft him and he's not very good, um, then you know Cream Hunt's probably looming. But I don't know. I, I Like you said, even if it's just a handful of carries, that that could be a, a big difference. I, I hope Duke Johnson ends up somewhere before the season starts, but it seems like he's going to be hanging around. Um, and, and I guess, Jared, what's your read on Kansas City in that backfield? Obviously, we love Andy Reid's RB1, um, but it seems like that might not the guy who is going to be the RB1. It's a little it's a little more murky than it was uh, a month ago. Is Do you think it's still Damian Williams? Yeah. I think he's the favorite, but, you know, yeah, he's been sidelined for you know close to two weeks now with his hamstring injury. <laughs> so it's not what you want to see from a guy who's, you know, never been – an NFL yeah. lead back for an extended period of time. You know, now he's, he's already dealing with a hamstring in early August. So, you know, Williams sort of like Chubb is a guy I like, but he, he just goes, you know, a half round too early yeah. for me. And, and some of the Andy Reid quotes, and you know, you don't want to take everything, all the quotes with a grain of salt, but um, you know, the, it sounded like there was a lot of frustration around Damian Williams and not practicing and, and, and some of the stuff that he likes with Carlos Hyde, even though uh, Brian, um, he, he's not, the the most athletic running back you can find but um you know if we get a running i mean we've seen 27 year old damian williams who was basically nothing before getting kansas city become a guy a guy we've seen spencer Ware become a guy like there's there's opportunity in this offense and with patrick mahomes and tyree kill and travis kelsey if carlos high can take the role and be the the, the the you know the sixty percent or seventy percent of the carries like there's tr- tremendous upside for running back that you're getting very very late. Oh, he he would definitely vault into the top fifteen easily if he was the lead guy for for the for probably the most explosive offense in the NFL. I mean he's proven he's proven with San Francisco that he mm-hmm. could be the guy, and I mean he he carried the ball well there. He put up good good numbers for a for an inept offense for a couple years. So on that on that explosive team who knows yeah. what he'd be able to do totally totally uh jared before we get out of here give me one name that you're particularly excited about that you keep finding yourself drafting uh whether it's late in drafts or you know in the mid middle rounds yeah i'm gonna go way down the board and this is a guy i think i might have literally drafted every single draft i've done so far which is you know into the double digits at this point um tyrell williams in oakland yeah no, no one wants to take this guy. I can get him like the 12th, 13th round. I think he's a good player. I mean, he was always super efficient with the Chargers. Um, the Raiders gave him a nice contract. Um, there's really nothing at wide receiver behind him. There's question marks at tight end. You know, we'll see what Darren Waller can do. But I, I think Tyra Williams has a pretty clear path to 100-plus targets. And, again, I think he, he's a good player. He should be relatively efficient with those targets. So I think he's going to crush – uh, you know, the, the price tag he's going at right now. Brian, we are 100% on board with that call. So 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all aboard the Tyrell Williams bandwagon and, um, you know, Antonio Brown's already missing time with that foot issue. Um, and I just, yeah, if, if Derek Carr can be just like decent, like there's so much opportunity in that offense that I think Tyrell Williams is going to crush ADP. I'm a hundred percent on board with that call. Um, all right, Jared, tell every, tell everybody where they can, uh, check out your work and what you guys got going on over at draft sharks. Hey, you can follow me at Smola DS. That's S-M-O-L-A-D-S. And then, yeah, check out all of my work on DraftSharks.com. Um, podcast is free. We have a bunch of free articles over there, so check it out. Yep. Uh, great work by Jared and the guys over at DraftSharks. Uh, Brian and I will be back. Well, I'm not sure what we'll be talking about, but uh, more fantasy <laughs> football goodness in your earballs. For Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert, uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>